Warning, this podcast includes topics like strong language, depression, anxiety, self-harm, and violence. Take this time to decide if this podcast is right for you. Thank you, and let's begin. All the energy that we've put out over the years is beginning to come back, and you know, it's like, like you said earlier, it's just a huge blessing. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm Anae Chavero. And I'm Marissa Green. And you're listening to the Hi, How Are You podcast. We're two journalism students who work for The Drag, which is a student-run audio production house at the Moody College of Communication at the University of Texas at Austin. This podcast was created in partnership with the Hi, How Are You Project, a nonprofit encouraging conversations about mental health in memory of singer, songwriter, and artist Daniel Johnston. That's why we spent all six days at the 2021 Austin City Limits Music Festival, connecting with artists and performers to talk more about the intersections of music and mental health. So Marissa, how are you feeling? Well, I'm just going to say that I'm feeling unapologetically myself today. Being yourself is the best person you can be, which is exactly what you talked about with Jade Bird, right? Exactly. So for those of you who don't know who Jade Bird is, she is an English singer. She's a songwriter and a musician. She mostly does like indie folk and kind of like rock country music. So if that's your jam, you know, definitely give her a listen. She's from Hexham, which is a small town in England and overall was just like such an amazing person to talk to. And to watch perform. Literally uh, the most harmonious, beautiful voice I have ever heard. The entire crowd was there for it. I was there for it. You were there for it. But you got to sit down with her and talk to her. So tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So whenever I got to talk to Jade Bird, you know, she was so kind, very down to earth. And most notably, she was very, very patient given the fact that there was the UT versus OU game going on right behind the media tent. So you'll probably hear some of that noise as well, along with the ACL ambiance. But we really got to dive deep on being transparent with yourself, uh, whether that is just you as an individual or you as a musical artist. So without further ado, let's get into that interview. Hi, I'm Jay Bird. Uh, I'm feeling great today. Hi, how are you? I'm also <laughs> feeling great. I'm also feeling great. Um, so I'm glad to hear that you're feeling great. Yeah. Yeah. So, how did you get involved, like, with music to begin with? Uh, to begin with, uh, my parents were very much into music. They were sort of 90s. They were in the 90s when sort of dance music was coming about. Um, so I had a lot of that growing up. And I remember being on a bunk, like in my bunk bed in Germany, and just hearing like coming down the floor, and always having this feeling of being left out. And then I found not in this like <laughs> it was too late for me. I was too young. Um, and then yeah, I go into music. I played piano after that and guitar at 12, and just. Uh, ever since then, it was a it was a hit and run, basically. Really? Yeah. So, how is your experience being in America like with being as an artist? Like, what what did that look like for you with this transition? I've been like so welcomed, and I'm like supremely grateful for that. Like, I just did like ACL TV, you know, this festival. Like, people have been open arms, and that I can't really thank enough. I'd say. I, you know, I'm very genuine about my art, and maybe maybe that helps a little bit. You know, I think everyone loves their artists here to, to be so. So, yeah, it's just been a ride, to be honest with you. Met some wonderful people. That's amazing. And I love that you bring, like, how being genuine really kind of helps you as an artist, you know, just 
not try and put up a front, but just be who you are. Yeah, definitely. definitely. People love that. I think they do. Like live performance, I always kind of rip into like a really big, you know, screaming song. And then afterwards, I like a little bit of a giggle and I am quite a giddy kipper, you know, as we say in the UK, a bit giddy. Um, and yeah, so I think, I think people have always loved that, which I am allowed to be myself, kind of win-win really. Right. And I feel like it kind of just frees us in a way yeah. to be creative and just be who we are. Honestly, I'd be so exhausted if I had to be anybody else. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. Like, I, yeah, I could, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. No, no layers here, unfortunately, or fortunately, however, however you put it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you said, you've kind of been on tour recently and it, it's been a lot in a good way, you know, like you said. Yeah. Um, but how have you kind of kept that being genuine or being true to yourself in times of stress? I think it's because it's where I go. I, ha I don't really have a choice. So when I'm on stage, I can only be honest. So I cry like a lot on stage. Like if I'm playing a sad song that means a lot, I do like sometimes like have a bit of a like oh, choke up moment because it just, it means exactly what it did when I wrote it. And I think you're getting a lot of stuff out when you play. That's how I started. It's like a vessel for all of your bad emotions as well as good. So on stage is no different and there's no, there's no sheet behind it, there's no separation. So yeah, it's just very honest experience, good or bad. Yeah, and I think it's important to kind of accept that. And I really like that you said like sometimes like I'll cry on stage and I think a lot of like artists, I'm gonna wait for the crowd. They're cheering for you. Yes, they're like, oh my God, Jaybird's here. <laughs> If anything about Texas, Texas football is hookup. Yes. Okay, so I kind of want to go into the fact that you mentioned, like, you know, sometimes they'll choke up or like cry on stage, and I think that's like very important because a lot of the times I feel like are like maybe fans they kind of see artists as like this beautiful like yeah. you know figure, but you're just a human as much as I'm a human. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, very much so. I think that's what I try and get across in my songs. It's very hard to know how much to share. That's what I will say as an artist. When you are a writer that literally writes about your own life and the people in your life, I choose certain moments to say who things are about, you know? Because I think it's also you can give too much away. So. so what is your story behind like the songs you write? Like, I'm really curious to know where the inspiration comes from and if there's a particular, or if, you know, just a work of art that you've really poured yourself into and how did you get to that point? This album I'd say is the best thing I've ever done and I poured everything into it it's mainly about being in love so my family had a really bad track history of breaking up and divorcing you know two generations both sides and I was very cynical of love because of that and it's the nature of being a child of divorce you know a lot of my first album was like I don't care you know like love's all been done before like uh -uh. and then my second album was allowing myself to open up and not have this super spiky exterior being like okay it's happening happening alert alert um, and it's just about the different phases of that and I'm super proud of that because it's vulnerability which is often harder to show than strength I think that's really true and I feel like vulnerability in a way is a strength I think it's much stronger than just showing that you're strong in general I do agree I do 100% agree I think the ones that are most vulnerable and it's interesting with Satya and Daniel Johnson's living room I'd say the ones who are most vulnerable are actually far far more appealing you know, than, than somebody who's like super, super, super strong, you know, in a way. And like you said, I, I think I think vulnerability is strength. Definitely some of the most vulnerable people to show that on stage. That's a, that's a feat, that of bravery. 
So you mentioned Daniel Johnston, and I kind of said a little bit earlier, like we're kind of in the recreation of his yeah. living room, and you watched a documentary about him. So, like, how does it feel to like just like sit here and be present with this moment? I mean, there's a few artists that shape you, and when I watched that documentary, I remember lying in this. I don't know what town we were in. It was pretty bleak, but I remember lying in bed and just wanting to give up in a good way. Do you know what I mean? It's like some artists like stop you in your tracks so much that you're just like, I quit. Like I can't even be in the realms of people who walk this earth like someone like him. And that definitely had a huge effect on me. I, I, I remember the exact room I was in and I remember the song I wrote after, so yeah. What was that song? It was one I never released, but it was actually quite a, quite a sad one. But uh, yeah, it just sparked something in me as great artists do. And I think something you bring up is really important. You know, you said like you were, you know, around such great artists and you were like, oh, like, I don't know if I can compete to one of them. It's kind of like imposter syndrome, but I think here you are and you're doing amazing. You know, how do you, how is that like just kind of battling that imposter syndrome? Like that's something that I know very well, but I want to hear it from you and your experience. The longer you're in it, the more it fades away in terms of imposter syndrome. I'd say the competitive side of this industry is getting worse. I see a lot of people in different arts, especially uh, young women, really suffering at the hands of the social media game. Um, you know, it could be a great thing, it's great for communication, for sharing, but I think it would be really silly not to acknowledge what an effect it's having on, on young artists' confidence. You know, feeling like they have to do this thing or this thing to get this many people. And it's a numbers game and it, it, it is quite damaging. Um, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't be honest if I didn't say that. Right, and I think that's like so true. It seems like every day now it's like, who can get the most views? Who can get number one on the charts? But that's not what it's about. It's about music. It's about self-expression. Totally. It's, you know, it's a, it's a mindset. I think when I'm in my zone, when I have my guitar and my notebook, it doesn't, there's no noise. It's just that. And I'm lucky enough for some reason to have that filter. But if you're in a different industry or whatever, you might not be able to have that. And it might just be constant noise, as our brains are sometimes. And I just think that's, you know, very unhelpful. I wish there was some solace and silence to be able to create. And I think the pandemic arguably gave us a bit of that, which might be a good thing, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, everything kind of happens for a reason. Yeah. We kind of learn a little bit more about ourselves. So how is the pandemic for you, you know, personally? And you know, with your work and everything. It was a complete breakdown in kind of a good and bad way. So, you know, everything stopped and I had to reset. I had to reset personality, reset my music, reset my purpose. And I became somebody who wanted my friends and family to be well and be okay and be happy and to spread my light, making sure that happens. You know, that I'm a good friend. You know, it's fine being a good businesswoman. It's fine being a great musician. I want to be a good friend and a good person. And I think them values at me, 19, 20, however old I was, you know, was super important for me to work that out. So I think something that we all do is kind of we like look at maybe old diaries or old pictures of ourselves yeah. and it feels like we're like a completely different person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How has your perspective changed on yourself, your own mental health through, you know, all this change and formative experiences that you've had? It's a really good question. You know, I suffer with like horrendous anxiety, especially when I was 18, you know, it was like, Oh, catastrophic and I've always just white knuckled through it and I'm trying to give advice but it's very hard with your own mental health because it's a big wave you know and you have your downs and you have your ups you know I'd say having somebody who you know the real you is just essential 
you know, whether it's on a level that you work with somebody or as a friendship, just someone where you have no holds barred. And if you're not okay, you can say so. That's the savior of all. Because you're never gonna not have the bad times. It's never gonna not be like that. But it's just having your little safety net, whether that's a person or a, a dark room or a minute or a book. I think that's the savior at the end of the day. I think so too. I think a lot of times like with mental health, like there's this like stereotype where it's like, oh, like I'm depressed and then I go to therapy and then I'm better. And it's not like that, that's not reality. Some of the most depressed people I know look like they're the ones that are coping the best. And it's quite heartbreaking. Um, but it's also very inspiring. Because like I said, they're the people closest to me um, and they just, they just kill it all the time. You know, they're just amazing people, but you would never know. I think that's also the, the worst thing about mental health is you just, you really can't tell. So yeah. So it sounds like you have a great support system and I'm really glad to hear that. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so whenever you're having those days where you're not feeling like yourself or you're kind of down there, you know, what does it look like for you going to your support system and how do they make you feel? It's tough because it depends how long the phase is. If it's a day, you can have a cry and you can just go to bed and you can just, I don't know, vent. If it's a longer phase, like I have had, if there's something bigger going on, you know, I think therapy's super important. Um, it, it's a lot harder. It's, it's very hard to give advice because you don't think the way you cope with something is the best way to cope with something, you know what I mean? Exactly. I think it's learning when to sit in it, you know, and be like, because I always got really scared of feeling down. I was like, oh, what's wrong with me? Why am I sad? Why am I, you know, unhappy? Why am I feeling like this? And really just, you know, put extra weight on myself because of that. I think it's important you just sit with it and go, oh, very, it's very natural. I don't feel well, it's very natural, you know? I, instead of just, you know, adding more weight onto yourself and pressure. Right, and I think music kind of does that for us. You know, yeah. it allows us to sit with those feelings and recognize them. And I think in a way that's kind of like a healing process. Well, music is, I mean, I don't know if you listen to certain songs and just bawl your eyes out. Like right now for me, it was Storm's Fleetwood Mac. I just, oh, I just summed up tour. Like I can't even explain. And then now it's Towns Van Zandt, I'll be here in the morning. And I'll continue to hold the hands of artists who are with me in my darkest and lightest moments. And that, to be that for someone else is the greatest privilege on earth, I think. So is there anything that you might have learned about yourself over this period of time being a woman in this industry whilst you're trying to figure out yourself like through your experiences? I think that you don't have to fight natural empathy that you have as we women are lucky enough to have. If we did rule the world and run the world, we'd probably have a lot more empathy in politics. Um, and I think, yeah, you don't have to fight that to succeed. I think you can utilize it in a way for a really healthy, enjoyable working environment. Um, you don't have to go super alpha, you know, to, to make up for the fact that I'm not a male. So that's definitely something I've learned. I think a lot of the times whenever we are trying to make something to kind of, I guess, put ourselves out there, it's kind of seen as like either like you are like really strong in the presence and you're always doing, you know, something to advocate for and it might only look one way to people, but that's not true. You know, we all kind of advocate and support each other in different ways. I, it's really interesting you say that because I've found a lot of things quite triggering about this past year. And so I find it very hard to choose what to do. Often I'll go the donate route, so I'll donate to the charities. But as far as speaking out, when things are, when you're suffering with things yourself, when things are hitting you so hard, 
it's very strange position to know whether now is the time to speak out about it when you don't even feel safe and secure in yourself. So I don't believe in putting pressure on people to do that. And I think action can come in many, many forms. Um, and it's just important as long as it's just one thing. Um, but it's been a tough year, I think, for, for women. Really, really has. And I'm one of many, probably, exactly. <laughs> it's just been a rough ride throughout. Oh, I don't even, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like you said, this has been a really tough year. How have you been not only maybe supporting the other important women in your life, but also just taking care of yourself? Like, this is a lot. I think friends, I think I find solace in my friends and having a lot more female friends now. I'm older, for whatever reason, I, I didn't really have that as a youngster. Um, but having female friends I can sort of talk to about our experiences and things like that, I, I find a lot of solace in doing that. So it's been my biggest thing, just being able to you know, have a bit of girl time, I guess. Yeah. What do y'all do? What is your favorite thing to do with your girls? Uh, probably get very drunk. <laughs> I want to. I want to get into pottery, to be honest with you. Ceramics. I'm. I'm planning a, you know, girls trip to go and do that. So maybe it'll be that next time. Not just getting pissed. So you know, what are some ways that you like to just make yourself feel good? Like, what is like a perfect day look like for you? Um, waking up, lying in bed too long, uh, probably having a shower, and then sitting on the couch and just reading a book or watching TV or playing my games. I really like games. It's the best form of escape for me. I just really like it. It might sound immature or whatever, but I just love, I love playing on a good game and then just watching six hours go, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's a perfect day for me. That's good. What games do you play? Oh, don't ask me that. I sound really lame. <laughs> no, Anything. no. I play, I play like survival games, play Sims. <laughs> I love all games. <laughs> Are you familiar with Animal Crossing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. I'm more into like, you know, zombie apocalypse kind of thing. But yeah, I do an Animal Crossing when I need a bit of light-hearted fun. <laughs> so what is it like just kind of like, you know, you have the pressures, you're on tour, but all of a sudden here you are playing Sims. What is that like for you? Good. I like, when I'm not at work, I'm very different in a strange way. I like to just be like really stupid and silly and, you know, just chill and you know there's just no one's part there's no filters there's nobody you have to be i can just sort of like be jd you know what i mean and with somebody you love it'd be like friends or family you know that's just the best thing in the world just being who you are like it's all life's about really oh yeah definitely i think i really like that you said that you know sometimes like we kind of put up a front around other people but yeah. like sometimes i just want to nerd out and play animal crossing oh my god yeah yeah life's too short totally <laughs> So how has it been for you so far just performing here at ACL? Like, what has your experience been being here, you know, in a completely different, you know, country and just a whole environment? Like, it's hot here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, playing is always interesting. You kind of, you, 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 you never know what you're going to get. But today, you know, hundreds of people stood in the bleeding hot sun for me. And we just gave it our absolute all as we always do. If I'm sweating after a performance, I know I've done the job. If I'm not, I'm like, oh, what were we doing there? So it was just super fun. So it always is. I'm just grateful to be playing. And we're grateful to have you here. So. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Great chat. I really enjoyed this conversation. I Me hope you too. have a great rest of your day. Thank and you so it's much. Great experience. Take care too. Take yeah. care of yourself. Play Sims tonight. You too. You too. Please take care of yourself. I'll see you soon. I hope. Yeah. It feels on my wall, on my wall. As much as music serves as an insight to ourselves, I feel like it also helps us view the world around us. 
Right. And you even got to talk a little bit about that with our second artist of this episode, Black Odyssey. Yes. So Black Odyssey is Sam Houston, a New Jersey native, and all the way from Puerto Rico, Alejandro Rios, which is the basis. So both of them kind of fuse soul and heavy 70s style rock to create just amazing music. And we even got to see Black Odyssey kind of hone their skills on stage at ACL. So it was a very hot, very sunny day there uh, as they were on stage. And what I really liked about their music is that it serves like a message, not only about looking into ourselves, but also being critical of the world that we live in. And you got to talk a little bit about that in your interview with them, right? Yeah, uh, they're very authentic to themselves, which I loved. And everything that we talked to, I got a unique perspective from both of them, especially because they come from different backgrounds, both minorities, but still very different backgrounds. And it was just amazing getting to talk to them about real world issues that we live in and how they're trying to make a change. And I think it inspired me to want to make a change in the world I live in. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, how are you? We are Black Odyssey. Uh, I'm feeling amazing. I'm feeling exquisite. Hi, how are you? I'm feeling really good to be interviewing you guys today. So tell me a little bit of all these positive emotions going around. Man, uh, well, this is like, for me and for Alejandro at the same time, pretty crazy because I remember coming to this festival when we first met and uh, we were standing out in the crowd and we were like, man, we're going to be playing here one day and standing backstage and like looking at each other and we're like, we're actually playing here. It's crazy. So. <laughs> It's an amazing feeling, man. It's been a lot of hard work for us. It's been a lot of just dedication and keeping our head down, not ever letting the negative energy take over, but just using it as fuel. So I feel amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, 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 a, it's a very beautiful thing, you know, just to like see the evolution and like just be surrounded by people that like love you and like want to see you succeed. and you know, just having a great team and being able to experience this, this just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, no, it sounds like you guys really manifested this and I feel like I could see it, that you guys are super excited and stoked to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about Black Odyssey. Um, we formed the group in 2016-ish. Um, I was working at a Dillard's at the time. He was working at a, a pizza shop and uh, I, w I went into the pizza shop and just kind of was just like looking around. And at that moment, I felt like we were both desperately like just putting the energy out in the world to find somebody who we could like become a force together with. Yeah. And, um, you know, I heard him talking about music with other people and I asked him if he was into it. He told me he played guitar, um, showed me some of his playing. I loved it. I showed him some of my stuff. Yeah. yeah, he was really into it. So I think that next month we just started doing stuff together and, um, First show hap didn't happen until 2017. I think one person showed up. And then ever since then, like, it's just been a slow build and, you know, selling out shows, touring the country, playing a bunch of these. And, you know, it's just been pretty crazy. I don't know. Yeah, blessings, huge blessings. You know, it sounds very rewarding. I feel like starting from where you guys started from and this connection, was it immediate when you guys met? I mean, I feel like we've literally talked every day since then. Yeah. Crazy. Just the power of like meeting someone that's, you know, driven and like wants to succeed and like be a part of something that's important, you know, like that's just like a huge indicator of like, you know, you need those people around you. So 
Tell me a little bit about how like your work dynamic is. Like, how do you guys work together? Man, this is my best friend, and he's like been by my side through every good and bad decision that I've ever made, and we've made them together. And you know, I throw ideas at him at three in the morning sometimes, and he'll like wake up and just like, yo, I like that, yeah. but like that, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's just it's a willingness to like push and pull, which is how we've been able to like really like just keep moving, you know? Yeah. And also like the dynamic of like it it's like it's like brotherhood for sure, you know, like it does feel like family, you know, like ev everyone in your village is and that's that's one thing I've learned from like your family and stuff too is that the importance of it takes a village. Yeah, extended family. I have a new mom, he has a new mom, you know, father. You know, it's 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 beautiful to just see like a whole community form around a group and it it's, one, it's been one of the main reasons why we've been able to be successful because so many people, I think it's about bringing good energy to yourself and we've been likable to a lot of people that we've been around and always made sure that we're caring and giving to other people that we come you know, across. So we, that, the energy is always reciprocated and that's beautiful to us because all the energy that we've put out over the years is beginning to come back. And you know, it's like, like you said earlier, it's just a huge blessing. Is this extended family of yours a beautifully sounded, I feel like, is that your support system? Is it where you guys get your motivation to kind of like keep going and keep going, continuing forward? Absolutely, to me it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, definitely, you know, like my family, like, and of course his family too, but like for the mother and father, you know, like all, all the people that are watching that are supportive too, um, there's, there's just so many motivating factors to keep it going, even like through the hard times. Especially when it gets tough, like in situations where you guys felt like, I don't know, you really needed a, a hand. Do you guys depend on each other for that? Yo, it's been tough so many times for us, <laughs> honestly. So many crazy scenarios. So many. Tell me tell me a little bit more about these crazy scenarios. All right, well, just last week we lost, every, well, not last week, but a couple months ago. Uh, maybe like two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. We lost everything in a big flood in New Jersey. Like our van was literally submerged in water. Like it, the water was over the roof of the van and we lost everything. And every time we go to like New York to play, something insane happens. Like our whole band, before we started traveling with a band, our whole band like dropped out when we got to New York. And a bunch of crazy stuff always happens. Um, and this last time, we just looked at each other and laughed because every time something good comes out of it, Every time, like we, at this point, we're, we're, we're so hip to it that we know like when things are dipping down or they're, they're getting low, it's because they're propelling you and retracting you to shoot off even higher. And we're, we're like, at this point when something bad happens, I'm, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's, let's yeah, something good is coming out of this. And then in California, when we got robbed in San Francisco, like we lost all of our gear, like someone broke into our van when we were having dinner in the middle of downtown. And like what he was saying, like it's it's so easy just to be like this, like why is this happening and just getting so frustrated, but it's also the power of will and like one of my favorite lessons too is just like overcome adversity. Like use adversity to like help you get like a learning lesson from it and grow from it. Like cause each each time those things happen, like when we got flooded, when we got robbed, like just like all, all the ups and downs we've been through, like it just, it makes you a more like well-rounded person and like yeah. be able to roll with the punches and okay. like just having that kind of mentality of like when bad things happen, you can make good out of it. Yeah. You know, like 
the quality of your thoughts will, you know, affect the quality of your life. So it's like if you're just like, let's do this no matter what, even in the hard times, then you can you can turn those terrible situations into like something where like and even like in an attraction base, like we, we were we were like, this really sucks. All of our gear is flooded. But like we just knew something good was gonna come out of it and you're able to like see those good opportunities come out of it and you know, like we're still here going. You always, you always have to look at the glass half full. Always. Look at it from the positive end. Yeah, and I feel like the thing you said, every time that something goes super low, life always finds a way to rebalance itself. So it has to have something amazing happen to go back to that like standpoint. So mental health wise, is that how you guys carry yourselves? Like trying to think positively, trying to be as positive as possible to attract those positive things? For me, absolutely. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's as a musician, we, um, we create things and, and often look for like that satisfaction in people's reactions. So it's, it could be a tough career, but at the same time, it's such a blessing to be able to create things for people and to be able to change people's lives by listening to your music. So um, keeping that in mind while creating and living this life and, and, and enduring through it, um, it's, it's important to just have a positive outlook, a healthy outlook on life um, to where when you see things like you always like it doesn't matter if if something really bad happens I look at that and I say like that happened that was kind of whack but there has to be something behind that that is meant for me and that's meant to be great and um, I'm ready for that and I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go through all these tribulations that come in between to get to that and and even if you don't believe in the law of attraction, just thinking like that and, 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 and living your life like that will bring those things to you. Anything you think of, anything you conjure in your mind becomes true. And that could be a positive or a negative thing. So constantly like telling yourself like, I, I want to be such and such, or I'm going to be such and such is what brings you to that point, you know? For, and like music, you know, like, for me, life is all about service. You know, it's like you're, you're here to be a light for other people. And like, especially when you're in this kind of position where like with music, like you have this this voice and this like this talent to be able to speak to people. Like, you know, like for me, it's like through guitar, like I'm trying to express like passion and like inspiration and, you know, just soul. And like, I, I, I want you to feel something. And if I, if I want people to feel something, it's like something uplifting. Um, you know, like life's all about just like wanting to help other people by like being the best that you can be to inspire the best in others, and um, yeah, that's just like very much a part of my psyche and, and like what I want to bring. Um, and as far as like positivity, like it's also easy to be positive, like when like you're you're taking care of your health. You know, like that's like the most like natural antidepressant and like being surrounded by good people yeah how do you guys take care of your mental health yeah like I, I do therapy as well i think it, you know uh, especially for men um especially poc sometimes it could be like not popular within our cultures but i think that it's important that 
we all do therapy of some sort, you know, and get out, uh, do things that you enjoy. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different things that, that you can do to just keep the ball rolling in your head and keep things, like, interesting. You know, you know as um, a Hispanic woman myself, I think it's really hard and sometimes it's taboo to say that, like, you're not feeling well or that, like, you're going through something because that's not how my family raised me. You know, you're not supposed to show vulnerability or, like, this is hard for me. You're not supposed to say that because living is supposed to be, like, the crazy part. You know what I mean? And you're supposed to work hard every day. So I can only imagine how much harder it is for you guys as men to go through those things. So how do you guys cope with that? I think generationally, for, especially for people like us that have a platform, um, it's, it's our responsibility to kind of recoil those generational curses that have plagued us for so long um, by telling you know the people that we're able to reach like it's okay to speak about your feelings it's okay to go to therapy it's okay to say when someone asks you are you okay I'm, I'm not okay it's okay to do that and uh, when people start to accept that and, and they're able to verbalize things and get it off their chest um, I think society as a whole will begin to you know, see a, a little bit more light in that regard, you know? Yeah, and like as a man too, like, you know, as a, as a, as a person, as a human, you know, like I'm just very much just trying to live my life like in the most like ideal fashion, you know, like, like I don't, I'm like, I'm not trying to like approach life with like bad intentions. Like as long as you're consciously trying to make like good choices and like, push yourself development wise like I'm very much like into like self-improvement like I read like self-help books you know like things to just get your mind you know primed with like positive material and like if you're surrounded by that material like it's 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 gonna like you know it's like where you make a habit in three weeks like if you're constantly practicing like positive thinking and positive habits then life's just gonna be better yeah and like like the law of attraction the more positivity you like put out the more positivity comes in and I think using your platform as a way like you said to bring awareness to things like this is so admirable because not a lot of artists do that and they should be doing this because this is something that everyone goes through when I think like again as as time goes on uh, artists are getting more conscious and able to express themselves more freely like Lil Nas X for example his campaign has been like one of the most liberating for um, you know, the LGBTQ community because he's giving them a voice and letting people know it's okay to be who you are, it's okay to be whoever you are, no matter how grandiose that may be or how grandiose somebody else may think that is, it's okay to live your truth. And as artists are getting the platform and it's more commercially acceptable to do that on all different fronts and all different subcultures and, uh, you know, types of people, walks of life, as that's able to happen more, you'll see more people getting uh, just more liberated through culture. And you'll see the people that are anti-culture and anti-liberation, like you'll see them isolated. And that's what we want. We, you know, we want them out of the way so we could, you know, progress as a, a community, as a, as a nation, as a, as a country and as a people in general, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I feel like it does take those voices to speak up and talk about it. Like little Nas X, like you mentioned, huge door opener, yeah. huge door opener. And so many more people are talking about it and like 
being expressive about it when back then they weren't. Well, you couldn't back then, but now you could, and he's doing it, and he's breaking down doors, and I love it. I mean, I think it's amazing. So tell me a little bit about, like, you guys. Were there moments where you felt like you were kept in this place where you couldn't really get out of it? Oh, man, pre-pandemic, bro. Yeah, and I mean, even before that, like, we bonded the, the first conversations that we had were about like our really low mental um like depression stages in our life and we like bonded on like how we were able to like get out of that by constantly every day like telling ourselves like I'm gonna be better tomorrow than I was the day before and I remember like I was in such a low place when we met like I I just moved from New Jersey and I was like I hadn't told my friends like I have it's beautiful. I got my friend sitting right here, Finn, that I went to school sixth grade with, and my boy Gian, who I went to high school with. And it's beautiful to see like our family here, man. And, and when you're in that space, sometimes you're not able to reach out to anyone like that because you don't want people to think you're crazy. Um, and it was such a relief to be able to talk to somebody about it, and for somebody to be like, "Damn, dude, I, I feel like that too." And if we're like, if people would just loosen up and tell somebody like yo I'm having a terrible day and they're like damn I didn't want to tell you but I'm having an awful day too and like you can talk about it and that's one of the first things that we really bonded on like we, we bonded on a, a, a journey that both brought us to a, a better place man it was crazy yeah that, that's a that's a very promising thing too it's like whenever you are feeling down it's just like just knowing that like every single person in this world like if you're at the cream of the crop or like, you know, like even just like somewhere like where you don't want to be like a part of town, you don't want to be like, we're all feeling, we have days where we're just like defeated, like confused, like was like, why is life being like this? But like, just knowing that like, we're all in this together and like, you know, like no, especially knowing that, you know, it's like, damn, like today, super rough. Like, I, I feel like crap and just knowing like, but it's a new day tomorrow that always gets me out of it. It's just like, I know I'm having a rough day tomorrow, but I'll wake up tomorrow, I'm gonna try to get enough rest. Like, I'm, I'm probably tired. Like, my blood sugar is acting crazy or something. You know, it's it's a new day tomorrow. Just like, look forward, look forward. Yeah, I think taking it one day at a time is like the best thing you can do. And trying to be better every single day, because then you notice progress. You know, then you see yourself getting better. If, if you focus on the biggest picture, kind of hard to like get there but little by little I feel like it's the best way like the book the four agreements there's one in there that really struck me it was like always do your best and your best is just gonna be different at different times like when you're sick it's just like I feel atrocious but like I'm still here like I'm still you know like I'm still thinking it's like this is the best I can be right now I'm in it except that you're in it right now and your best you know you're doing your best in that moment and when, when you're at your height and you're doing your best, you're like, I'm here doing my best. Like, let's go. That's one of the things that when people talk about mental health, they also don't talk about that, the positiveness of it all. Because there's so much good in talking about it and being better every day and just feeling good with yourself. Because I feel like if you're good with yourself, you can be good with others. Well, I mean, you know, and I, I really appreciate, you know, what you guys are doing. And, it, you know, it means a lot that you have media platforms that are coming together and just starting the conversation. That's all it, that's all it takes. That's all it, all we need. And um, 
you know, we're in it with you guys. Whatever you ever need from us, man, like, just holler. We, we love this. We both have, like, both personal connections to mental health. I had a brother that was killed in 2010 that suffered from bipolar. And the way that this country deals with mental health is also things that we need to address. So, like, um, it's important. Like, you know, I think it's important to have the conversation and to continue to have the conversation, whether it's awkward, whether it's uncomfortable or um, something that we want to have or not. It's, it's an important conversation that needs to start. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I really feel like if we did open the conversation more, it'd be a much more healing process to just kind of talk about it and like know that it's okay to not be okay about it and be heard about it more than anything. He was your brother, like, I can only imagine the type of pain you went through. And I'm glad that now more places are being open for you to like have a safe space to talk about it. It's like, like you said, it's, it's always about doing your best, continually telling yourself tomorrow's gonna be brighter, tomorrow's gonna be better. Um, Cause it will, the sun always comes out tomorrow. And even like, just for like the people that are like watching this, like seeing it in real live action, just like positive conversations, like I'm already feeling better. Just like thinking about all these like optimistic outlooks and that just goes to show the power of like communicating these types of things too. And like, you know, it's like, I was already feeling good before this, but like, it's just like, wow, like we're, we're expressing these types of improving factors, you know. And it's comforting knowing that like, it's okay to talk about it, you know what I mean? I feel like sometimes there's like a big hesitation into like, should I say that, should I not say that? Like, is this socially acceptable for me to be feeling this way? And when you feel comfortable enough in a space to talk about it, you like, let go. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, cool. No, but thank you so much. Yeah, no, again, thank you guys. This is super important to us. I think about you often. After talking to Black Odyssey, I realized how much communities either get together or divide during times of stress. With their take on this, we have Dr. Krishna and Dr. Hill. Sometimes it's hard to understand maybe what my mother's going through or what my aunt or grandpa is going through because I haven't lived the life that they have. And sometimes it's a little bit easier just to meet them in the middle or just be an ear to listen to. And that also give, makes me think about generational trauma. So, you know, what kind of role does generational trauma play in the minds of young adults specifically or as a family? It is very tricky to pretend to live other people's lives. You only have one life. You can only know your way. And so the way to understand others is to just listen to them. So exactly what you did. You didn't live in the 1940s or you're not going to live in 3022, right? And so we just need to be able to be open to listening to other people's experiences. You'll notice that there's threads that are the same throughout that. While the story may change, the themes are very similar. And so just being supportive and listening and really letting them talk it out, they will usually have the answers and be able to process it if given the safe space to do that in. Something lasts a long time. What is generational trauma exactly and what role does it play in the minds of young adults? 
Well, we're all born at a certain period in time into a certain context, a certain cultural context. That's affected by the previous cultural contexts that people have been born into. So uh, an example, let's go way back uh, before the boomers even. Uh, we've got the whole OK Boomer thing going on these days. But before then, they had the silent generation. We had trauma from World War One. We had the Great Depression where people were just homeless across the U.S., then we had World War II, and we had people returning from war. There was an unprecedented boom. We had international trade like we never had before. So you have all these people who had nothing, who then they passed on this this complex about, oh, my God, we're, uh, we're lucky to even have a, a roof and enough to barely even survive to people who all of a sudden had a lot of wealth. And then from there, they have hard living from the way they grew up to pass on to, uh, say, us Gen Xers who uh, are dealing with trauma and these sort of old school, more uh, rural sensibilities that were coming through. Um, There's a lot of traditionally institutionalized racism out there, a bunch of discrimination. And each generation processes that. I mean, the boomers actually started off really on the right foot because they had the, the whole uh, – um, Civil rights struggle was really prescient right then, and, and Gen X, we've kind of continued with that. Now the millennials are really picking up. And, and what I'm seeing is as, as these generations march on, as we're all embodied in our cultural context, we all do the best that we can. But we're all processing the trauma of the generations that came before us. And each generation seems to be moving in a better place, which is wonderful to see. But this can also happen within families, too. It can be deeply personal. Like, say, there's um, physical abuse that occurs between families. Well, even if that's dialed down the next generation, the following generation is still going to catch some of that. So it's up to each of us to really observe and interrupt these negative cycles of behavior and toxic thoughts in our own lives because we will pass things down to the next generation. We have to be mindful of what we're passing down. I really like how you kind of laid out all the generations and even how generational trauma um, plays a role in that and why it's so important to recognize it. Um, so I'm just, you know, really curious now, like how has like depression or anxiety affected, you know, multicultural groups when thinking about generational trauma and why is it so important to recognize today? Well, think about two important groups. So African-Americans in the U.S., most African-Americans come from a history of slavery. And that's a dark, ugly spot in our history as a nation that we we just have to wrestle with this part of our history. But they had to live it. So going through the civil rights struggle, uh, I can only imagine coming from that sort of a background, how difficult it is. And also, still, there's a lot of institutionalized racism that's keeping people just down. I, I like to think it's getting better, but then we have things occur where it seems like it may not be. Also, what about the Native Americans? That was straight-up genocide that we were perpetrating on, on them. Uh, they have massive trauma, massive trauma moving forward. Now I feel like I actually got a better understanding of generational trauma and how it affects me, my family, 
my grandparents and just like the whole circle. Yeah, and especially how unrepresented communities have experienced tremendous hardship. A special thank you to Jade Bird for finding strength in your vulnerability. And to Black Odyssey for taking the extra step towards change that this world needs. This has been episode 11 with Jade Bird and Black Odyssey. Hope to catch you in our final episode, episode 12 with David Ramirez and Wiz. See you later. The Hi, How Are You podcast is produced and hosted by me, Marissa Green, and Ani Chavero. Marin Bennett is the lead producer and editor. This podcast is presented by The Drag, a student-run audio production house at the University of Texas at Austin's Moody College of Communication. This podcast was created in partnership with the Hi, How Are You Project, a mental health nonprofit in Austin, Texas. Katie Penchik-Outka, Robert Quigley, and Raul Hernandez are the executive producers. And we couldn't have done this without our friends at the Hi, How Are You Project. Tom Gimble and Courtney Blanton are the co-founders and co-executive directors. David LaBelle is the director of operations and events. Adam Cicero is the operations manager. Olivia Ramsey is the community and social media manager. The associate producers of this podcast are Tamara Rodriguez, Cesar Perez, Caitlin Sad, Colin Spalton, and Jessica Mick. Christian McDonald is a drag's technical director. Lauren Castro is a drag's marketing and communications producer. Special thanks to David Schneider and Bevo Productions, the Texas Psychological Association, Dr. David Hill, and Dr. Sonia Krishna. A huge thank you to Leslie Schrock for all of her support and guidance. We also want to thank Jay Bernhardt, Kathleen McElroy, Rachel Davis-Mercy, Allison Dawson, Kathleen Mabley, Ann Jorgensen, and Jay Whitman of the Moody College of Communication. And special thanks to Robert Vilwalk and Ann Sellers. The Hi How Are You Project would like to recognize their annual hero sponsor, American Campus Communities, Carol Myers, and the American Psychological Association, along with donors like you. So please consider supporting their work by visiting hihowareyou.org donate. Every dollar goes directly towards producing media, events, and thoughtful resources that encourage open conversations around mental health. Thank you.